Hello, this is Sherry, and welcome back to the Stuff I Like podcast. This is episode four, and I'd actually put out there on Instagram a poll saying, these are the four topics I had in mind for this episode, and which one do you want? And you have all spoken, although it's kind of a tight race, to be honest with you. So it's a pretty tight race between spending and saving and how to balance your work-life balance. How to balance it. That was dumb. But you know what I mean. And the work-life balance won one, which is not surprising, actually. So this actually came at a very opportune time because I felt super overwhelmed this week. And when I saw that you all voted for me to talk about work-life balance, I was like, I'm a fraud. I don't know anything about work-life balance because I felt so overwhelmed this week, I wanted to cry. And here are some tips of how I got myself out of that. So to give you some context, I work full-time, although right now I'm working closer 60 to 80 hours a week. I homeschool my son, Little Bun, who is nine years old in grade three. I also have to clean the house and do all that other stuff. I also have a personal life. And I supposedly have friends, I, although I haven't seen them except for the ones in Toronto because I just came back from a vacation where I'm kind of forced to see them. And I forced myself to see them because there was a specific timeline of, okay, you're only there for two slash three weeks because I was sick for a week. And you have to see all your friends. So you make all the appointments. And it was a good forced interaction, but it just felt like, okay, let's cram it all in at once. And you know, it got really kind of crazy, but that's neither here nor there. So my life is actually super busy and it doesn't feel like it should be busy because I'm not really somebody who's running a corporation or doing other things that other busy people do, way more busy people. I don't know. I'm not working three jobs, although it feels like I'm working one and a half or two, but it does feel like some days I don't have a handle on it. And that's exactly what happened to me this week. So here are my tips. The first thing I did was I laid down on the floor in a t-shirt and underwear. I don't know why, that's just the way I did it. I felt very comfortable. And I just said, don't talk to me. I need to just lie here in silence. And that's what I did. I laid there for a good 10, 15 minutes, quiet, nobody around, no music, no chit chattering. And I just laid there and let my brain drain out onto the floor. And it sounds like a lot of nonsense, you know, but it actually worked. It worked to the point where I thought to myself, oh my God, I feel so much better now because I, I actually took a break that was for myself and not a break or a fake break where you're you know, watching TV while you're doing the dishes. That's not a break. I took an actual forced meditative break by lying down on the floor and it helped me reset my mindset and reset myself. So that's tip number one, lie down on the floor. It doesn't have to be in your underwear, but you know, whatever you feel the most comfortable in. After you lie down on the floor, pick yourself up and go and make a to-do list. I'm a planner by nature. I know some people are not, but I'm a planner and I feel overwhelmed if I see 30 things on my to-do list and no plan for it. So that's what I did. I went through my to-do list. I wrote down every single thing I could think of that had to get done and then I prioritized it. After I prioritized what had to get done, I put in dates and times where needed. So for instance, I would put sun by socks, as sun as in Sunday, not my son, but S-U-N, then space by socks, because that was a to-do list that was on my list for three weeks now, and I just never got the time to do it. And every time I'd open my to-do app, which by the way is literally the to-do app by Appigo, A-P-P-I-G-O, I would see that buy socks item haunting me. 
and I just had to get it out of the way. So I signed a time and date to it. Okay, not necessarily a time, but I just put sun, as in Sunday, S-U-N, and then buy socks, and I organized it in my list. On top of all that, I wanted to do things like take a little bun to the park. I wanted to return something. I wanted, you know, all these things, I put days and dates and times where I could, and then I organized it in priority in my to-do list. So once I had my week sitting and staring out in front of me, I was able to go, okay, Saturday, I put 15 things to do. Is this realistic? So that's my second tip. Make sure it's realistic because otherwise you're going to feel overwhelmed. It doesn't make sense. If you schedule like 30 items on a day and you can only get five done, yeah, you're going to feel like a failure when 25 are staring back at you like, look at me, didn't get me done today. You know, all this kind of negative talk comes back to you. So plan with a realistic and careful precision to the sense where, or in the sense I should say, where you're kind to yourself. And you think, is this realistic? Getting five things done when I have to drive there, deal with traffic, find parking, go to the store, chit chat for half an hour or however long that takes, get back to the car, organize myself, maybe get something to eat, go to the bathroom and then go to my next task, right? Another thing that really helped me this week was I let go of the emotional burden that I was carrying around for somebody else. So at work, there's a new guy that was hired. He was supposed to help me. I've been giving him a lot of chances for the past few weeks, but this guy is just like a wall. He's never there. He's never present and he's not getting the work done. And I always have to babysit his stuff for him. And that's not what it's supposed to happen. He's supposed to help me. You know, I'm not supposed to have extra work on top of it. So I was getting really frustrated because not only did I spend all this time training him and helping him and giving him documentation is that I was also babysitting all his work for him. I mean, the fuck? So I let go of that emotional burden, which helped me not feel so overwhelmed. When I finally told my manager yesterday, or I should say on Friday, and I told her, listen, this guy's not working out. You need to find me somebody else. And I said, he's just not working at the pace that I'm expecting him to work at. And I don't have time for this. And she totally agreed. She was like, I see that he's supposed to do X, Y, and Z, but you seem to be the one pushing that stuff along. I go, I know, because I'm babysitting this stuff. And I was giving him a lot of leeway and a lot of benefit of doubt, but he's just not delivering. So long story short, let go of that emotional burden because I told her she's going to get rid of him. She's going to find me somebody else. End of story. Of course, I have to train this new person, but you know, maybe they'll learn from the old person not to be super slow and annoy the fuck out of me. He's a nice guy, and that's why I was carrying around that emotional burden of, should I tell her? Because he's so nice. But nice doesn't get the job done. And that's something that I had to learn this week, was to let it go in my heart that it's not my responsibility when people are inefficient. And if they're supposed to help me and they're not helping me, I'm just making things worse for myself. And who am I supposed to look out for? Myself. And this sounds totally selfish, and it's something that women are not taught, to be selfish. But this is not being selfish. This is being professional, and this is making sure that you understand your boundaries of where you are able to manage things to a point where you don't feel like you're being burned out. So that's the career one. Another burden that I let go recently was this year, little one will go to school. I'm done with homeschooling. I mean, what broke my back this year was doing a homeschooling document. I spent like two hours on it. Okay, maybe less, maybe an hour. And she sent it back to me saying, I need way more than this. For every single subject, you need to put in three evidences with all this information. I'm like, what the fuck? So that really stressed me out because I was also at Tesla at the same time 
getting hit with a $7,200, you know, car repair bill. And I get this message from her. I take a call with her and she's like, you got to redo your document. I'm like, no. So yeah, that was hanging over my head and I had to get it done. And I finally got it done on Saturday and that lifted off my chest. But a permanent solution is he's going to go to school and I don't have to deal with this anymore because professionals are going to take over. The learning's not going to stop at home. It never is. And it's just something that I had to let go because I can't be thinking that I'm responsible for his learning and his schooling and feeling like a failure or a guilty failure when I know that I'm not. And it's actually not my job. We only did it because of, you know, the pandemic. But now that that's somewhat under control, I'm still, you know, masking and very nervous. But at least I'm thinking enough is enough. He has to go to school. I can't teach him beyond this point because I just don't have the capacity for this. I'm, I'm tapped out. And lastly, I guess the main tip is nobody's judging you. And that's something that I also had to learn. Is that nobody's looking at me saying, you're a terrible mother. Look at you, giving up on homeschooling. Your baby, your sweet, precious nine-year-old. <laughs> and I felt like I was being judged when, in fact, nobody was judging me at all. Yeah, you know what? People might observe that I may not have the very cleanest house 100% of the time. There might be dust bunnies mating in the corner and maybe there are dishes that are not washed, but nobody is judging me because I'm the only one living in this house. I'm judging myself. And I think that's something that we all have to try and let go of as well, is that nobody's judging you, you're doing it to yourself. And yes, there may be people out there who judge you. Those are assholes and we should just avoid them. But the ones who don't judge you, guess what? They're the ones who love you. The ones that who do judge you, I mean, they're probably strangers. They're probably trolls. Actually, I get judged all the time on Instagram. And they're people that I don't care about, really. So just remember that judgment can actually be a very negative internal thing that you're doing to yourself rather than an external pressure that's actually happening in real life. Another thing that people, that you think people might judge you for is, she doesn't seem to have her life together. You know, maybe they think that you're in a job that is not worthy of your skills and they're judging you because it's not a high-end job. Who cares? Got to pay the bills, okay? At this point, you got to just know who you are, love yourself, know that the people who love you aren't judging you. I mean, here's another great example. I don't know if my friend listens to this podcast. I may tell her about it today, but anyway, we'll see. But I went to her house the other day and she says, oh my God, please note that the house is filthy. I'm really sorry. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not there to see your house. I'm there to see you and your new baby. And I know I've been there. I've had a newborn. I understand what it's like to live with a newborn. I totally understand feeling overwhelmed. And I even cloth diapered. So imagine how crazy I was cloth diapering and pumping milk every hour and a half because I'm an overachiever, right? So she was feeling bad about her house being dirty. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't be the only one feeling bad about your house being dirty. Where's your husband? And she was like, yeah, you're right. But the point of the whole thing is I'm not there to see your house. And if you think that your friends are going to judge you, they're not judging you. They're observing that your house is dirty and they're thinking to themselves, my God, she must be really tired. They must be exhausted with a baby crying every few hours and all this other. And especially if they have kids, they know. So we're not judging. We're observing that things are not normally as clean as they are, 
but we're thinking to ourselves, you know, it's because she needs help. So then I suggested, why not hire a cleaner at least to come in and help you because she can afford it. And that's my last tip. Throw money at the problem. If you have it, throw money at it. And if you don't have the money, what you can do is either budget to have the money and maybe take away something that's less important to you and then throw money at it or simply let it go. So your house is dirty. So there's a little dust. Who really cares? I feel like it's better for the kid's immune system, really, if there's dust and dirt everywhere. You may not feel that way, but, you know, sometimes you just got to pick and choose your battles. You can't do it all. You can't work and also keep a spick and span house and handle a newborn and do all this other stuff and have a personal life. You know, we're human, okay? Got to breathe. Got to live somehow. And sometimes if things just don't end up the way that you're expecting them to end up, guess what? You're not an Instagram influencer who has to pretend that their life is together when really behind the scenes, everything is filthy and it's just that one room that's super, super tidy and clean and they don't show you the rest of the house. True story. But that's the last piece. It's just to throw money at it and if you can't, then just let it go. Sometimes you just have to pick and choose, right? So I hope that was helpful in terms of how I balance work and life. I basically let things go. So when dishes are piling up, the house is full of dust bunnies and I'm working 80 hours a week because I have something very urgent to get done. Yeah, I know. Work took a priority. That's, it is what it is. What do, what do you want me to do? But then after work takes a priority, it can't always be number one in your life. Then I stop. I cut myself off from when anything is not urgent or super crazy. And then I focus on other parts of my life, like going out with my friends, eating out, maybe hanging out and just reading, maybe just lying down on the floor. I don't know. But I'm doing other things that bring me joy and, I hate to say it, refill my cup. I don't know why that phrase bothers me so much, refilling my cup. I guess I feel like then I'm a vessel and it brings up really bad handmaiden vibes. But anyway, the point is sometimes with work-life balance, work is going to take 90% of your time and life is only 10%. But as long as it doesn't stay like that forever and you kind of move it back to a more equitable 50-50 or maybe 30 work, 70 personal life, then, you know, that's what life's going to be like. It's just going to be an ebb and flow. But I think the main thing is that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we have to let go of the emotional responsibility and burden of feeling overwhelmed by carrying the bits and pieces of other people that we should not have to carry because it's not ours to carry. And if you're interested in hearing more about how I organize my to-do list to be able to see my days and weeks, I know some of you use Google Calendar. I just use a simple app on my phone. But if you're interested in that, let me know. I could probably do a podcast on it that would be a bit more detailed than what I went into. But that's it. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it gave you something about how I manage when my life is overwhelmed and the things that I did, actual things that I did this week to get out of that funk of feeling overwhelmed, like my life is just not where I want it to be. And I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. Bye or night. Thank you.